tonight we are going to be um, reading out of the book of Matthew. Um, we're going to be reading in a few different places here in Matthew. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this. The passages that we'll read are very familiar, um, not, un, not uncommon, um, not a story that maybe you haven't heard. Um, and most of us know that Jesus, as he went, he shared and told so many things in parables. And a lot of people are like, what the heck is a parable? Ultimately, it's just a way of um, sharing a story um, to illustrate some sort of moral or spiritual lesson. And the, the story that we're going to talk about, um, you know, it's really interesting because in Matthew what happens is the disciples end up asking Jesus, why do you keep sharing these things in parables? And Jesus explains that the reason that he does this is because they, being those that are listening, that they haven't been given the ability to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And when I read that, thinking about what he had said there, you know, he told them, he told them that they had not been given that opportunity. But what he was saying at the same time is those who believed did actually have that, right? That those of us that believe, we have the ability to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. So if you think about what Jesus was doing, those who are without God, those who are without understanding, is be, they don't understand the secrets of heaven. But he was also saying that those who believe that we can know those secrets. And I think what we found is that there's this prophecy that is being fulfilled in Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 14 through 15. And I think this is a pretty fair representation of so many right now. It says in verse 14, chapter 13 of Matthew, verse 14 says, Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart in turn, I would heal them. What he was sharing here is the total lack of regard for the ways of God. So he says that their heart has grown dull, in a sense saying that they've just become apathetic about the things of God. With their ears, they can barely hear, not because of a lack of hearing, but because of a lack of effort. In their eyes, they have closed. They have closed a conscious decision that although they know what is right, they close their eyes to pretend as if they didn't. But I want to actually talk to you about the, the parable that this is nestled in. So this is going to be a little different. I'm going to, I, I read kind of in the middle of this parable, and now I'm going to start a little bit earlier in the parable, and then I'm going to go to the end, okay? Um, Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9. It's a very familiar parable. It's the parable of the sower. And I don't know if it's because Beth and I are like mid garden seasoning where like we're starting to get stuff I don't I don't know what it is but 
I'm, I'm camped out here. It says in verses three through nine, It says, and he told them many things in parables. This is, again, Jesus telling them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, most of you have heard this parable. You've never, you, you've heard the explanation of it. Um, and I would break it down, but if you actually just read down in verses 18 through 23, Jesus does it for us. It says, In verse 18, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. That is what was sown along the path. If you remember earlier, it said when he sowed some seeds, some fell along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a little while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves un fruitful. And as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, a hundredfold in another 60 and in another 30. And if you notice in the word, what it's pointing out is there are four positions that it talks about when it's talking about the word. It talks about first, the lack of understanding seeds that don't stay. It talks about hearing and even receiving, but not taking root, meaning it isn't set. It isn't in position. It isn't nurtured, right? And as soon as the going gets tough, he falls away. Another position is this position where the anxieties of the world kill out the seed it's not that the seed was bad but it's that they allowed the anxieties to choke it and kill it and then that one goes into good soil to hear and understand resulting in producing fruit when you look at this and you think about those four positions every single one of us is one is in one of those places right now in some position where we have to, and this is important to understand as you think about those positions, right? As you think about where the seed is falling, where the seed is just falling down on some trampled path with no protection, where the seed is falling on gravel, you know, this, this, this place that while there may be some surface growth, some surface Christianity, there's really no depth and root, And we say some Christianese type of things, but we don't actually embrace what the word of God says. And this other one that gets so consumed by everything else that it cannot focus on what the word is just simply saying. 
And then, of course, where I think everyone believes they are, I'm in good soil. <laughs> Everything's great. I always receive what the word of God says, and I got all kinds of fruit. You know, it might be a basket of fruit, might be a fruit basket, but I got my fruit and it's all good and all that kind of good stuff. But I think it's important for us to truly, honestly understand which position we're in when it comes to receiving. Because if you think about your position, your position is important to understand how you should be responding in your walk right now. Think of it like this. Are you out in the open, exposed, and completely at risk, where the seed can be trampled, where the seed can be picked away by the birds or whatever it is. Like Bethany, Bethany, when we built the garden originally, I don't know, three years ago, when we first put it in, uh, Bethany immediately was like, I need a picket fence around this. And um, that didn't happen. Um, it did not happen. And so naturally what happens as your fruit and your vegetables start to produce, there are these things called animals. And animals also like the stuff that you grow. I didn't know that. You need to read up on that. It's important. And so as soon as we would start producing fruit and vegetables, things would eat it, right? Like it would just be gone. And the worst, which Bethany would lose her mind about, was her sunflowers because she plants all these amazing sunflower seeds and some of them before they even come out of the ground the squirrels would dig uh, squirrels like sunflowers okay didn't know if you knew that this is a lesson in what animals like to eat that's actually what we're doing today okay so um write this stuff down so the squirrels would dig up the sunflower seeds before they ever really grew and then once the sunflowers would get about this high the deer or groundhog or whatever would literally pull it down and eat all the leaves because apparently they love the leaves and so I remember last year she planted probably two at least two packs of sunflower seeds okay that's a lot of sunflowers people and by the time it actually came season we had one sunflower and I think at that point Bethany was like standing around that sunflower like guarding it at night I don't know what she was doing um, but like if you think about your own position when it comes to receiving the word of God are you sitting there completely exposed not doing anything to actually protect and nurture that seed tomorrow I'm putting a fence in <laughs> the garden. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, the other position is this position, this rocky terrain, this rocky soil. And I think there's a couple of things to think about when it comes to rocky soil. First off, if you have ever had to pull weeds out of a rocky terrain, it is so much harder Okay, it's so much harder because those evil little creatures, we're going into botany now, those evil little creatures are literally designed to live well in that soil. And so they like grab on like harvest has got a, something in her hand, right? Like you just can't pry it out sometimes. But 
in those positions, when you have something that is good and healthy, that is supposed to be in good soil, when it goes onto that rock, it will die. It will burn out very quickly. And some of us have found ourselves in a position where between us and God, we've allowed a barrier to come up, a barrier that is keeping us from being open to the things that God wants to do in our lives. And so maybe you're like, hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to protect the seed, but the reality is, is I've got some sort of barrier that's keeping me in the things of God, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's that rocky ground. But others, and this is so true today, allow the anxieties of the world to choke out what God is wanting to do in your life. Whether it be your job whether it be your health or just anxieties that everyone else wants to put on you, that you allow that to consume you to such a point that you do not allow the word of God to survive. I know, Tom, I know that the word of God says that he's going to do all these things and he's going to keep me well. And, I'm, and, I, and you know what? That's good. But did you know, did you hear the latest numbers? Did you hear what everyone else has been saying? Have you, listen, you can go on and on and on about this. And it comes down to, are we going to receive the word of God or not? It's as simple as that, right? That last place that we all say we're in is good soil. I got it, man. I got good soil. I got all kinds of great fruit growing. Now, I can't share it with anybody because, you know, It'd be bad to do right now, but I'm in a good place and I'm receiving the word of God. If you think about what's happening in each of these positions, we are in one of those places. We are all in one of those places. And it is entirely up to us to recognize the positioning that we are in. Because in every single one of those positions, there's something we have to do, right? Just like, it's, it's like gardening. Okay, gardening is difficult. It is so difficult. It is laborious. Bethany says it's fun. I say it's annoying sometimes. <laughs> Bethany has been asking me for the last eight days if we are going to weed the corn patch. The corn patch is not fun. Listen, I can remember as a kid playing in corn patches. And I feel like in my mind, I remembered it as fun. But the reality is I knew it actually wasn't fun. Because those corn, they're like little, it's like running through a patch of razor blades. That's what it's like. It's like, hey, um, this would be a great time to go slice my arm. So I'm going to run through this cornfield. That's exactly what it feels like. And so now that I am wiser... When Bethany says we should go weed the corn patch, I am Googling how strong is corn? Like, can this weeds really impact my corn? Because if it's okay, I don't really want to walk through there until it's harvest time and I get the good stuff, right? But I have a feeling we're going to end up weeding that corn. Um, but like in, in, every these, in every single one of these situations... There are, there are places that you have to do something, right? When you are open and you are at risk, you need to protect the seed. You have to protect the seed. 
When you're in this rocky terrain, you have, listen, there was, a, there was a spot that we needed to extend the garden in the back, okay? And so I get my tiller going, and I would get gone about three inches before all of a sudden, like, boom, 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 boom. And what it would be is there would be a rock here, because where we extended the garden, there used to be um, old barns there. And so they apparently had some rock laid or whatever it was. And so every so often, I'm hitting a huge rock. Well, you got to move that. You got to clean that out so that you've got good soil. Some of you have some things, some barriers that are not allowing the word of God to take root in your lives. Some hurts, some pains, some experiences. I don't know what it is. And then some of you are trying to do like I'm doing. You're trying to live with the weeds. (laughs) And just say, it's going to be all right. (laughs) Be just fine. But slowly what those weeds are doing is they're taking the nutrients and they're taking the life. And the problem we have today is some of us are feeding the weeds more than we're feeding the word of God for our own lives and our own soil. And I can remember as a kid, my dad, we would go and we would, take the, we would take the tractor and we would plow and then we would disc. And then after we would disc, we would put fertilizer on and then we would disc and we would work the soil over and over and over and over. And doing that is what gave us that good soil. It wasn't something that you just, you know, you just tilled it up and this is great soil. <laughs> it's not the way it works. You have to nurture it. And it's the same way with the things of God. The hard thing about it is when we get good soil, that's when we want to stop. Like we think, I've got good soil now. I understand the word of God. I can embrace it. I can, I can decipher it. I can understand these parables. I can understand the mysteries of the gospel. I'm good. And then we want to just prop our feet up. And that's not what the word tells us to do. Because here's the deal. There's always another predator. There's always another challenge. There's always another risk, another, just something else keeping you from stepping into what God has for you. Too many people have an encounter. They have a moment or a revelation. And at that point, they just let off the gas. But we have got to constantly be, on, let me tell you what the, the word of Matthew 24, turn over to Matthew 24. Because what Matthew 24 does is it shows us what should happen when we have good soil. Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44 says this, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and he would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour which you do not expect. We have been so consumed with our exposure, with our barriers, with our thorns that we have completely forgotten that we need to be ready because Jesus is coming back. 
You have friends and you have neighbors and you have family who are completely forgotten about, who aren't going to come to accept Jesus, not because they're stubborn, not because they're a heathen, but because we've forgotten that he's coming back. Like, if we knew that he was coming back tomorrow, our tunes would change. If we knew that he was coming back tomorrow, our churches would be filled. You know why? Because we'd be dragging every single person that we could in there with us. We wouldn't be concerned about what the world is telling us about anything. Because if we knew that Jesus was coming, we'd be taking our masks off and we would be going to the highways and the byways and we would be reaching them for Jesus. But we've forgotten that he's coming back. See, we wouldn't allow every other expectation, every other thorn to become our focus. To rob God of the attention that he deserves. We'd be in good soil and we would be tending that soil because we want to experience the glory of heaven and everything that's in it. And what we have to do to get to that point, we have to recognize which position we're in. That way we can respond to our surroundings. That way we can no longer just be satisfied with where we're at, but we can engage with the God of the universe. Because here's the thing, it is your relationship. It is your situation. It is your salvation. Philippians 2.12, right? Spells this out very nicely for us where it says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are fearing and trembling the wrong things. Period. That's just, that's it. I can't do it for you. Beth can't do it for you. We can't do it for you. Mama can't do it for you. No one can do that. No one can work out your own salvation. You have to do it. Your husband can't do it and your wife can't do it. You need to recognize that where you're at right now and then make an effort so that the word of God has the chance to take place.